Good evening. Welcome back to Grace Baptist Church. Once again, I want to thank you for joining in here tonight on this Wednesday evening. We're so thankful, as always, for the opportunity to come into your uh, world a little bit this evening and into your life a little bit and just take a little uh, bit of your time tonight to share some thoughts from Scripture. If this is your very first time joining us, we want to thank you for finding us. And no matter how you may be watching us through YouTube or Facebook, uh, we just want you to know that we appreciate you taking some time to check out our content tonight. If this is your first time, we would love to hear from you. There is a, a kind of an information card available for you here on the page. If you could take a moment to fill that out and get that to us, we would love to hear from you. You can also visit our website, gracenc.org, and on that website, you can contact us through that as well, or you can also get some questions answered on our website. You may have some basic questions about our ministry, and we would love to uh, hear from you, but we would also love for you to go on our website and find out more about us. I hope and pray that your family is all doing well as we are pressing on here in our in our nation under these very interesting times that we live in, and we're just so thankful that we, again, have the privilege to talk with you just for a few moments tonight here on this Wednesday evening. I would also invite you to visit our website, gracenc.org, and if you would like to make a contribution financially to our ministry, we rely on, on folks like you to just help us as we minister to people here at our church and our Christian school, and then also through our online content it is very helpful for us and makes this possible for us to be able to continue on offering this content that we hope and pray is a, is a help to you. I would also invite you before we begin, if you would like us on Facebook, that would be a help to us. And then also you can share this content and we would, we would appreciate that as well. Our goal here at Grace is to bring glory to God and we would also like to be able to reach as many folks as we possibly can. So we are just in week number three now of our study looking at attitudes. And if you watched the last session, you know that we spent a considerable amount of time talking about complaining. And we looked at this very toxic attitude that so many people have. And it's something that we readily express as so many of us uh, fall into this pattern of complaining. And let's be honest with ourselves. There's a lot to complain about right now. We have an awful lot of anxiety in our country, a lot of uncertainty in our country. Things that we used to do and enjoy have been taken away, so many of them. And the things that we like to do and enjoy, they're different. They're not what they used to be back six months ago or so. And so there is a lot to complain about. There's a lot in our country, in our world, that we can find to gripe about, but I would suggest that that is always true. Complaining is an attractive activity because we enjoy it. In our sin nature, we kind of like being complainers. We like to grumble. It makes us feel good in this kind of warped sort of way, but we have to admit that our complaining, it is toxic. It does destroy relationships. It does put stress in our homes. And let's be honest, nobody likes to be around a complainer. So maybe that's you. Maybe you've been known as a complainer and that's something that you struggle with. But there's good news tonight. Your attitude is a matter of choice. I know choice is a, is a word that our country, so many people don't want to hear. They don't want to hear that life is about choices that we make. 
Admittedly, there is much out of our control. I can't control COVID-19. I can't control a lot of the things that are going on in our nation. I have no control over that, but I can control my attitude and I can control how I respond to the uncertainty of the world in which we live. And so let's stick to that. Let's stick to what we can control. There is a principle in the New Testament that we find that it's this put off the works of the flesh, put those things away. Complaining is a work of the flesh. Instead, we are to put on a spirit of humility and a spirit that pleases God, and our attitude is our choice. Last week, we looked at the Exodus generation, and we'll come back to them from time to time throughout this study, but they serve as a, unfortunately, a very good illustration of how quickly we fall into this pattern of complaining. In Psalm 106, in verses 24 through 26, we find these words. The psalmist says, Yea, they despised the pleasant land. They believed not his word. They didn't believe God's word, but murmured in their tents and hearkened not unto the voice of the Lord. Therefore, he lifted up his hand against them to overthrow them in the wilderness. The people of Israel needed an attitude adjustment. And maybe you do. Maybe you need an attitude adjustment. When we look back at the Exodus generation, they had this perpetual pattern of complaining and murmuring and griping against Moses, their circumstances, their food, their water. All these things were a source of complaining for them. And we talked about that extensively last time. Tonight, we want to talk about what do I replace my complaining spirit with? Well, you replace complaining with thankfulness. You can choose each and every day to be thankful. You may be watching right now and looking at the circumstances of your life and saying to yourself, and you may even be saying to your computer screen right now, I have nothing to be thankful for. And I would challenge that and hopefully show us tonight that we all have much to be thankful for. And it's not so much about stopping to complain, while that is important, It is about replacing our complaining, murmuring, grumbling attitude with an attitude of thankfulness. So the decision to complain is rooted in how we think about ourselves and our tendency to complain is rooted in how we think about God. What do I mean by that? Well, who is the center of your universe? If you place yourself as the center of the world, and everything revolves around you, your concerns, your convenience, your benefit, whatever it works best for you, if that is the center of my thinking, then guess what? I will operate with a spirit of entitlement and a demanding attitude. In other words, people and God owe me something. I deserve to be catered to. I deserve to have my needs met. I I deserve to have my preferences met because the world revolves around me. If the world revolves around me, then I have every right to demand the world to meet my needs. 
So if we place ourselves at the center of the universe and we, the universe revolves around us, we are going to be very prone to complaining. But let me shatter that expectation a little bit and burst that bubble because the universe was not created to revolve around you. God did not create the world so that your every desire and whimsical idea are met. We regularly don't get what we want. There are many times that we are not awarded what we believe we deserve. And so this leads to us constantly being prone to complaining when things don't measure up to our expectations and what we believe we deserve. So my complaining spirit might revolve around the fact of how I view myself. I may be considering myself to be the center of the universe and therefore I deserve something. Which leads me to the second introductory point is that my view of myself and my view of, secondly, God is going to determine whether or not I'm a complainer or a person who is thankful. You see, if I see God as a being that owes me something, a being that created this universe to make me comfortable and happy and to meet my every whimsical desire, then when God doesn't measure up to that, then I begin to question God's goodness And I begin to question God's sovereignty. That's what the people of Israel often struggled with. When God would do something miraculous for them, they would go through this period of time of not complaining. And they were were excited about what God had done. But the next time, often not very far down the road, they would experience some form of opposition or some form of negativity that so often, as Psalm 106 pointed out, they would murmur in their tents. Moses wasn't a good enough leader. God wasn't providing what they deserved. They needed better food. They needed better water. They even fell into the trap of believing they had things better back in, the, in Egypt when they were slaves. So our mind gets us in trouble when we put ourselves at the center of the universe and we believe that God owes us something And when he doesn't deliver, we question his goodness. We question his sovereignty. Well, before we can replace a spirit of complaining with a spirit of thankfulness, we have to first acknowledge who we are before God. Here's the reality. You and I are sinners who deserve absolutely nothing from God. If anything, we deserve God's wrath, his judgment. Because we are sinners. We are resting in God's mercy and grace and we can come before him if we know Christ as our savior and we repent of our sin that we are only the recipients of salvation because of God's goodness and his mercy and his love. You, my friend, just like me, we don't deserve that. We don't deserve God's mercy, grace, and love. We are the recipients of that because I have to first see myself as a sinner, but secondly, I have to see God as good, righteous, merciful, just. And there are times that God understands that what is beneficial for us is not to receive our every whimsical desire. So our thankfulness cannot be determined based on what we believe we deserve compared to what we get. Our thankfulness has to be centered in something 
deeper than that. And so let's talk about that for a few moments this evening. I want to draw your attention to Luke chapter 17. And this is probably very likely a familiar story for some of you. And for many of you, you you may know this story. And if you don't know this account, we won't be able to dissect it in a whole lot of detail tonight because of our limited time. But we can at least introduce it. And I would invite you to read it a little bit later and maybe understand it a little bit more. I want to read for you Luke chapter 17, beginning in verse number 11. On the way to Jerusalem, he, talking about Jesus here, was passing along between Samaria and Galilee. And as he entered a village, he was met by 10 lepers who stood at a distance and lifted up their voices saying, Jesus, master, have mercy on us. Now, let's stop here just for a moment and understand historically what is, what is taking place here. It talks about these 10 lepers. Leprosy was kind of a broad term that described a variety of different skin diseases. And these diseases brought pain. They brought great suffering to its victims. It rendered a person unclean. And virtually, they became an outcast from society. They were kept away from people. Lepers had to get the approval from a priest in order to return back to society. And so Jesus here, as he's in this town, these 10 lepers approach him and they call out to him, Jesus, master, have mercy on us. They saw they had this problem. They have a skin disease. They're an outcast. They're not able to do the normal things in life the way the other citizens would be able to. And they see Jesus as an answer to this problem. And so they approach him, Lord, please have mercy on us. Verse 14, and again, they have to be approved by a priest as being deemed clean to return back into society to function as they would like to. Verse 14, when he, again, the he there referencing Jesus himself, saw them, he said to them, go and show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were cleansed. They were made clean. Now get the picture. The priest had to deem them clean. Jesus says to these 10 folks, go ahead, go show yourself to the priest. As they are walking, they're cleansed. Jesus doesn't touch them. He doesn't do some kind of ritualistic routine. He just says to them, go to the priest. And while they are walking, they are healed. They are cleansed. They are made whole once again. Verse 16. Then one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back, praising God with a loud voice, and he fell on his face at Jesus' feet, giving him thanks. So out of the ten, only one turns around, goes back to Jesus, falls before him, and gives thanks. Now, I would argue that's... 10% of these people that turned around and went back to thank Christ. I don't have any data in front of me. I don't have any statistics in front of me. I can't quote to you 
a study that has been done scientifically to prove what I'm getting ready to say. I am just offering an observation. As I observe our world today, and I'm going to limit that even more. I'll be even a little bit more direct and pointed. As I look at the landscape of Christianity, I would be shocked if we would find 10% of Christians that are actually genuinely, authentically thankful people. That may strike you as a strong statement. And I would say that we have moments of being thankful. But if I believe I deserve something, like these other nine seemingly believe they deserve to be cleansed, they saw no reason to go back and thank Christ because, hey, I got what I wanted. I just wanted to be clean. I just wanted to experience life as I used to know it in society. I want to go back and be productive part of society again. I don't want to be hindered by this disease. And so I got what I wanted. I'm healed. I can go back to the priest and go back to my life and enjoy the the day-to-day living that I want. Nine of them kept walking, I would argue, quite likely, because they felt they deserved it. But not this one. He turned back and went and thanked Christ for his healing. This story tells us something else about this man that is very telling. It says he was a Samaritan. We don't have time in this session to talk about this, but very briefly, let me just comment that the Samaritans and Jews did not mix. They did not like each other. This man, because he was a Samaritan, he would have been considered unclean by the Jews, rejected by the Jews. He was a leper. He was also a Samaritan. You're probably familiar with the story of the good Samaritan, that that old proverb, or excuse me, that, um, that parable that we're so familiar with. And the Samaritan there is the good guy. Well, in the Jews' mind, Samaritans were bad guys. These were not, these were the guys that wore the black hats. They weren't the white hatted cowboys that were the good guys. Samaritans were the bad guys. But this one man that went back was a Samaritan. Notice verse 17. Then Jesus answered, were not 10 of you guys clean? Didn't I just heal 10? Where are the nine? Jesus asks. Was not one, was no one? found to return and give praise except for this foreigner, the Samaritan. And he said to him, rise and go your way. Your faith has made you whole. Now that's an important statement. This leper is the only one who experienced spiritual renewal. Oh, the other ones were healed physically, but they didn't experience True, genuine healing of their soul because they didn't come back and repent of their sin. They didn't come back and thank Christ for what he had done. They just kept walking because they got what they wanted. They got what they felt they deserved. Now, let's pause there for a moment and ask this question. Who are you more like? The nine that kept walking because that's what you deserve or the one that went back and said, Lord, thank you. Thank you for healing me. I think if we're honest, so many, so many of us are much more like the nine than we are like the one. You see, we can be truly thankful 
when we remember all that Christ has done for us on the cross of Calvary, and that is not determined by our circumstances. That is a settled fact. If I know Christ, I can be thankful to him. I can be uh, showing gratitude toward what the Lord has done for me. Gratitude means that I show a kind-heartedness for what I have received in Christ. It's a feeling of thankfulness, a feeling of appreciation. And yet so many of us focus on life about what is in it for me. What do I get out of this? Jesus said, wasn't there 10 of you healed? Oh yeah, there was 10, but nine of them just wanted to live life on their own terms. They got what they wanted. They just kept living. So in the last couple of minutes that we have left, let me share with you three truths about thankfulness. Number one, expressing an attitude of thankfulness is a choice that you make. Don't lose sight of that. Being thankful is a choice that you make. If you focus on yourself and you believe the world revolves around you, then you are going to be a complainer. Because let's face it, we are all disappointed every day because life doesn't go as we expect it. There is something to complain about pretty much every minute of every day. If we are looking for something to complain about, we don't have to look very far. We don't have to look very hard. They're always there ready for us. But if I understand that life doesn't revolve around me, that my life is supposed to revolve around God's goodness and God's mercy and God's grace, then I'm centered on him because the universe centers on God. He created it. It's his universe. It's not mine. And I remember his mercy and his goodness. Then I can truly be thankful. So we lose our thankfulness when we decide to, to focus on ourselves. But you have to remember that attitude of thankfulness is a conscious choice that you and I make every day. Or we can choose to complain. The choice is yours. Number two, a genuine thankful attitude is rooted in reality. In other words, we can't just overlook the realities of, of life. Okay, we can't, we can't believe for a moment that we live in a fairy tale land or we live in a place of perfection because we don't. So thankfulness is rooted in reality. We understand the hardships of reality. We understand the struggles of reality, but we have to choose an attitude of thankfulness, not kind of this ignoring reality picture, but thankfulness for what God has done and choosing to be thankful in him. Let me draw your, your attention back to Psalm 107 for a moment. Listen to verse four. The psalmist said this, some wandered in the desert waste, finding no way to a city to dwell in hungry and thirsty. Their soul fainted within them. Then they cried to the Lord in their trouble, and he delivered them from their distress. He led them by a straight way till they reached a city to dwell in. Let them thank the Lord for his steadfast love, for his wondrous works to the children of man. For he satisfies the longing soul and the hungry soul. He fills with good things. In fact, this same Psalm, Psalm 107 in verse 43 says this, 
Whoever is wise, let him attend to these things and let him consider the steadfast love of the Lord. That's how we can be thankful. Don't ignore the realities, the hardships, the troubles, the difficulties, the frustrations, the disappointments of this world. They are very real. But I can instead choose to focus on God's steadfast love and make the decision to be thankful. Here's the third truth about thankfulness I want to I present to you tonight. Is thankfulness is a life-changing decision. Let's tie this back together with complaining. We've been talking about in session two, we talked about complaining. And very often complaining leads to very unpleasant circumstances in our life. It breaks relationships and sometimes it, it completely shatters relationships. Thankfulness, on the other hand, brings us joy. It brings us a spirit that is lighthearted. It's not weighed down by the concerns of life. When you look at your own life, are you somebody who is known as ungrateful or someone who is thankful? It's interesting for those of us that are parents. One of the things that I know my wife and I struggle with at times is trying to instill in our children an attitude of thankfulness. And I think if my wife and I are honest, there have been times as a parent raising children is hard and difficult and frustrating at times is we haven't always demonstrated a heart of, of thankfulness. But we can choose each and every day to be thankful. So are you a thankful person? Do you see the blessings of God in your life? Or do you allow the circumstances of daily living to destroy your thankfulness and lead you to a place that you are more of a complainer than someone who is thankful? Let me leave you tonight with a challenge. I would challenge you right now to take out a sheet of paper. And on that sheet of paper, you could write down five things right now at this very moment that you are thankful for. Might I also suggest that you take a few moments each and every day and just write down five things that you are thankful for. It is very easy and natural in our sinfulness to find the things in this world that are so readily available to complain about. Replacing a complaining spirit with a thankful spirit might be as simple as pausing your life for a few moments every day and looking for the blessings that you have. They're there. The question is, how often do we stop and look at them and remember them? Ten lepers. Ten were healed of, healed of leprosy. Nine kept walking because they got what they wanted. They got what they felt like they deserved. Only one. A Samaritan went back and thanked God. May I challenge you tonight, don't be one of the nine. Be like the one who each and every day thanks the Lord for the blessings you have in your life. Thank you for being with us, and we look forward to next week when we continue on in our study on attitudes, and we'll look forward to that and exciting to once again share a new attitude with you. 
next week, and we'll talk about that. And I pray you'll be able to join us next week, same, same time, same place. Let's pray together. And once again, before we do that, let me encourage you to like us on Facebook, share this content with those who might benefit from it, and contact us if you would like, gracenc.org. We would love to hear from you. Let's pray together. Father, thank you so much for your goodness, and we do have so much to be thankful for. Pray that these words would take root in our hearts and our lives, and we would be like this one Samaritan that went back with a heart of thankfulness. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. Good night.